Piccolo, and welcome to episode three of the Bowl of Life podcast. Today we are joined by special guest Sarah from Sweet Vegan Sarah, and we are talking all things vegan pregnancy. Sarah is due with her first baby in January of 2021, and we're going to debunk some common myths about can you be plant-based while pregnant. You can find all the notes for this show at our sponsored blog, badtothebowl.com forward slash three. Again, that's badtothebowl.com forward slash three. This is such a fun episode. Even if you aren't pregnant, you're going to want to listen in to hear about some of these myths that surround the big question of can you be plant-based while pregnant? Hello, and welcome to the Bowl of Life podcast with your hosts, Joe and Sarah Hayes. We are so glad you are here with us today talking about food, faith, and family and how each of those topics impact our everyday life. The purpose of this podcast is to provide you with the inspiration to live your life more abundantly. On this podcast, we will talk openly about what we consume. Whether that means what goes on our plate and in our mouths. Or what we see, hear, and listen to, and how that can change our mindset for the day. We truly believe life is a journey. And that is full of lessons for each and every one of us to apply if we can get quiet and listen. We are so glad we get to experience this life journey together with you. So, hey, go grab a spoon. Or a fork. And let's go. Today, we have Sarah, founder and business owner of the food blog Sweet Vegan Sarah on the podcast. I first connected with Sarah during a food blogger Pinterest class which seems so long ago, but really I think was only a year ago. (laughs) And since then, I've always loved seeing her sweet and healthy creations on her blog. Her Instagram is a great space of encouragement. It not only promotes healthy eating and sweets, sweets that can be healthy, but it also has such an encouraging positive body image message and more. She's a certified holistic nutritionist and a personal trainer and guides others to their happiest, healthiest self through blogging. A few months ago on her Instagram, she announced she was pregnant and it's been so fun to see her document that journey. I wanted to bring her on today to answer all the vegan pregnancy questions and also tell us more about her blog and how you can connect with her. So welcome to the Bull of Life podcast, Sarah. Why don't you give us a few details about yourself? Hi, thank you so much, Sarah, for having me on. I'm super excited. Um, So a little bit about me. I am 28 years old, and I currently live outside of Detroit in a suburb with my husband and our two dogs. And as you mentioned, we do have a baby on the way who will be here January of 2021. So we're very excited about that. Um, I am a vegan food blogger. I share super simple kind of bare bones, really healthy recipes, mostly for desserts. I have such a major sweet tooth, sweet breakfast, snacks, stuff like that. And I'm also a holistic nutritionist. So I do offer nutrition coaching. It's actually on pause right now just because of pregnancy and anticipating baby's arrival and everything. But that is something that I do on the side in addition to kind of my main blogging as well. How fun, all that. So is it early January or late January? So due date is January 23rd. And my husband always is like, how do they pick exactly one day? How do, you know, and I told him, I was like, I think it's like less than 5% of people actually go on their due date. But that is the date that we're, you know, roughly planning on. So kind of mid to late January. How fun. And so then by the time the next holidays roll around, you'll like almost have a one-year-old, which actually Oh, it'll be so fun, you know, like, are yes. he, 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 yes. she, yes. he, that's what I thought. That's what I thought it was. A he, yep. sorry. <laughs> but like, that will be so fun. They'll be like interactive and he'll be crawling around and you'll be like trying to get him not to pull down. The exactly. We were talking about that the other day. Like it, we were saying, oh, it's perfect timing for this year because I, I love Christmas. I always say like I would be the best elf ever. I just love decorating. Like I get so into it. And I was like, oh, it'll be perfect for this year because we'll have enough time to, you know, like get decorations down and still feel prepared and everything. And then, yeah, next year he should be hopefully super fun by that point and you know not like still in the kind of I always say this and it probably sounds really bad but like the newborn potato phase where they're just kind of like there and you're keeping them alive um so yeah it should be a really fun I'm so excited just for you know the whole next phase and kind of like getting a bunch more fun and like life breathed into holidays again if that makes sense so yeah yeah kids at the holidays are so fun although I will 
when my kids were little, my son just asked me the other day, he's like, mom, why did you have the tree downstairs in the basement when we were little? And I was just like, <laughs> I didn't want to have to redecorate it every day. And then it could be like an activity. Let's go downstairs and see the tree. <laughs> right. There you go. But now it's moved back upstairs and, you know, I let them go to town decorating. But anyway, so let's dive in because I know there are so many questions out there about be- being vegan and maintaining a vegan diet while pregnant. And while you and I both know a plant-based diet provides you with more than enough nutrition, nutrients, <laughs> nutrients. I know there are still many questions out there about this topic. I mean, gosh, you go on any type of, you know, plant-based Facebook group or something, you just see a ton of questions out there. And, you know, I know it's one thing you can hear from a medical doctor or you can research online, but I think hearing it firsthand is always so fun. So I thought we would debunk some rumors out there about this topic of can you be plant-based while pregnant? So a first common argument that I've heard is you won't get enough protein during your pregnancy, which will cause developmental delays. So how how would you answer that if someone, first of all, have you been asked that by anyone? And then how would you answer if you were to be asked that? Yeah, such a good question. And like you said, it is such a common misconception. And I feel like now, honestly, it's kind of going away, which is really good. I just feel like people are so much more aware of like veganism and eating plant-based in general. So thankfully, I feel like these things are kind of dying off, but kind of sadly, not quickly enough. Um, I personally have not had anybody ask me other than like, are you going to raise your kid vegan? And that was like a random um person on Instagram, you know, like my family would never dream of asking me that because they just know. And I think part of it is because I've been vegan and eating plant-based for over five years now. And I think it might be different if I had gone vegan, you know, three months before getting pregnant. But I just think because I'm like so solidified in this lifestyle and, you know, feel so good and I'm healthy, I think that people don't question it as much. I don't know, maybe that's wrong, but no one has asked me that personally. But like you said, I definitely see this in the online space. So as far as protein specifically, I mean, people are so focused on protein, even when they're not pregnant, right? You go to the store and half the products, you know, one of the marketing kind of grabs on the front will be high protein, high in protein. And honestly, I've found a lot of times when you ask people even like, well, why do you think you need so much protein or like a boost of protein? They usually don't know. (laughs) So it's often something that they just hear over and over. Um, Like I said, with like food marketing and just in the media in general. And so they kind of grab onto that. And unless you're like a true Olympic level athlete, you're probably getting more than enough protein without even thinking about it. So I always, especially like with my coaching clients and just when I talk with people about food in general, I say we should really be focusing on micronutrients over macronutrients. So um, for anybody that's not familiar, macronutrients is carbs, protein, and fat. And that's what you hear people focus on a lot. Oh, I eat too many carbs. That's not healthy. Oh, I eat you know, I like to eat high protein, stuff like that. Whereas they're not focusing on micronutrients, which most people aren't getting nearly enough of some of the really important ones like vitamins, minerals, nutrients like fiber. That's what we should be worried about over protein. Uh, But if people are specifically concerned about protein, there's a ton of different sources to choose from on a plant-based diet. Foods that I didn't even know existed before, honestly, like lentils, those are one of my favorites. Beans and legumes really are my kind of go-to. So like chickpeas, lentils, black beans, really any that you like. Um, soy is another great source. So the most unprocessed forms would be like edamame, tofu, tempeh, stuff like that. Also some nuts and seeds like hemp seeds have a really great amount of protein. I've been relying on those a lot during pregnancy because I'm trying to bump up my healthy fats a little as well. So those are kind of like best of both worlds. Nutritional yeast has lots of protein and adds tons of flavor to meals. And of course you could use protein powder. I just always tell people to be aware of, you know, the ingredients and additives that can be a protein powder. So you definitely want to make sure you're seeking out a quality one. Um, And it's definitely not necessary, but it's a nice supplement. Like if someone's starting out and they are concerned or if they're wanting to build some muscle, you know, so much of it too also just depends on your goals, right? So like I'm pregnant right now. So my protein needs are bumped up a little bit, but like I said, I've found it's really simple to reach those goals, even with just whole foods, but especially with the addition of some protein powder, it's not difficult at all. 
yeah, I don't know why as a society, whether we're pregnant or not, are so focused on this whole protein thing. It's like generations and generations, it seems like way back when, you know, eating like the meat protein was like a luxury thing, like not many people had, you know, ate it every day. And then suddenly like the focus Mm -hmm. shifts to like, we need to have it at every meal. And it's like, what? Like, no, (laughs) that's not my my biggest pet peeve is when like at restaurants and most now they list like tofu or beans or something, which is always great. But I hate when it's like, oh, what protein do you want? Like on a salad or something. And, And they're using it as a synonym for animal products like chicken or, you know, whatever. I hate that because I'm like, that's First of all, there's tons of other stuff. That's the other misconception is people think that animal products like meat are just pure protein. And it's like there's so much else in that, you know, saturated fat, like added hormones, added antibiotics. Like there's so much that you're getting in there. It's not just like this pure, clean protein. So I think that's a huge misconception too that I could talk about forever, but I won't. (laughs) No, no, I hear you. I I totally could too. And I think people forget too that there are – you know, amounts of protein, right? In vegetables and and all foods. Yeah. And anything, there's always a tiny bit of something. And I don't know, some like fad diet type things, I'm sure you know what I'm Mm -hmm. talking about out there right now, um, are so focused on like eliminating certain things. And it's like, whoa, like, why aren't we just focused on a like, well-rounded diet instead of like, yes, I mean, if you specifically have a food issue Mm -hmm. and you know that maybe something doesn't agree with you, yes, cut cut that out. But like, just to be like, no, I'm going to cut out carbs, you know, but I'm going to still eat all this other stuff. It's like, what? (laughs) Right. It's just people have made it so complicated. And honestly, I feel bad for most people because they just genuinely don't know what to do. They hear one day you need to eat really high protein. They hear the next day you should be eating vegan. They hear the next day you should be eating low fat. And they kind of just throw their hands up in the air and they don't make any changes. When it's like if we just think logically about, you know, natural whole foods, not in a package, it's really not that complicated. So I think it's just become so murky with like you said all these fad diets and trends and it just gets really confusing for people. So Yeah. Yeah. And I just talked about this recently in another podcast with somebody. We were talking about how, you know, a lot of people, we just don't sit and like listen to what our body needs. Exactly. Your body is going to tell you, um, but we're just like so busy that we're Mm -hmm. just like eating, eating, eating. And, um, you know, I can think of this happened to my husband after I went plant-based and, you know, he started, you know, what he wasn't like, he was a unhealthy eater. He is, he's a really healthy eater by most American standards. Right. Even when he started like cutting down on like, you know, maybe eating some fried foods that they would get in at work or stuff like that. He was just like, wow, I just feel a lot better. He's like, you know, cutting out that stuff, that more junk, like just made me feel better. And I realize that now. And so just interesting case in point, I think a lot of times we just don't take time just to listen to how our body feels after eating. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So another misconception is you won't get enough iron throughout your pregnancy, which will cause low birth weight. Ooh, that's another good one. Here we go again. Protein, now iron. (laughs) Yes. And again, even outside of pregnancy, you hear this one too. Like I tried to eat plant-based, but then I was anemic, so I couldn't be. And it's like iron is kind of similar to protein in a – in a way that, again, it's often like one of the first things people go to in terms of not being able to get enough. But just like with protein, there are plenty of foods that are iron rich that make it really easy. My personal favorites would be like sweet potatoes, lentils, chickpeas, hemp seeds. A lot of these overlap with the protein rich foods, right? Right. And you also have sources like tofu, you know, pumpkin seeds, dried figs, things like that. And a good trick for iron just to really make sure that you're enhancing the absorption because it's not just what you eat. It's kind of more so what you absorb. You want to eat your iron-rich foods with a vitamin C-rich food. So something like a citrus fruit, tomatoes, broccoli. Again, usually these are kind of very natural combinations, right? So if you think if you're having a stir fry, you might throw in some chickpeas or like black beans or like if you're making like a fried rice type dish in a saute pan, you would naturally throw in a veggie like broccoli. You're probably going 
going to throw in something with vitamin C regardless or on something like a salad. You're definitely going to have tomatoes in there. You could add some chickpeas to kind of bulk up the salad and then like squeeze over some lemon juice. And that's going to really help you enhance that iron absorption. So yes, that's another one that just like is a non-issue to me. Again, if you're just aware of your foods, it may take some research, right? If you're just switching to plant-based, it's not like you want to do it overnight and only eat sweet potatoes for every meal of every day. I mean, I would be happy doing that, but most people wouldn't be. And you may not get everything you need. So it is about you know, doing some research. It's not that difficult, though. There's so much information out there. And then just kind of finding foods you like and combinations you like to make sure you're hitting all of those nutrients. Like, for me, I had to pay attention during my first trimester pregnancy, especially I was a little worried about it because, you know, sweet potatoes are a good source of iron. They're a large bulk of my calories. I just love them so much. And I could not eat those (laughs) first trimester just because like, I'm sure a lot of women can relate. It's just like, whether you're sick, which I thankfully wasn't, I didn't have like, you know, the nausea all day, or they call it morning sickness, but I've heard it really is just kind of like an all day thing. Um, I didn't have that so much. It's just weird digestion. Like my digestion really slowed down and I'm used to like very healthy, predictable digestion. So that was definitely something to get used to, but it was like sweet potatoes were almost too satisfying. They were too filling. And so I cut them out completely. And I was so sad just because I love them, but I also knew, okay, I'm going to have to make sure one, that I'm still getting enough calories, but also, you know, what nutrients are sweet potatoes potentially providing me that I kind of need to sub in other foods for, if that makes sense. So what did you, what did you sub in during those first few months? Yeah. So during that time, I just relied a lot more on just things that felt lighter in my stomach. So more salads, like, and I would add like chickpeas for iron, like I said, hemp seeds, like things that just, I ate a ton of fruit in the first trimester. And honestly, I, what, I didn't know this at the beginning, um, But after talking to my doctor, I guess it's more so like second and third trimester where your actual nutrient needs really change. Like in the first trimester, of course, you don't want to be like eating horribly. You want to still make sure you're eating well and eating enough. Um, But your baby is so tiny at that point, like they don't need that much from you. And whatever they do need, they're going to take it pretty easily, if that makes sense. Um, So it's not as much of a concern as maybe I might have been stressed out at the beginning. Um, But yeah, obviously still important to be aware of as you go on throughout pregnancy too. Right, right. It's probably more of a little bit more of that mental kind of shift when you, you know, those first few months, it's like, whoa, wait, like that doesn't sound good anymore. That was my favorite. Exactly. And it was so funny because I joked with my husband. I, when I first found out I was pregnant, I was like, oh my gosh, how funny would it be if I had like, because, you know, they talk about cravings and aversions. And I was like, how funny would it be if I was averse to sweet potatoes? Ha ha, that'll never happen. And I was like, oh my gosh, like two weeks later, I couldn't eat any. And I was like, this is so cruel. Like, why well, should have never joked about that? And like I said, it wasn't so much an aversion. It wasn't like cooking one would make me want to throw up. It was just like, I, I couldn't eat the, it, they would make me so full that it was like uncomfortable, even if I had a small one. So it was a pretty sad phase, but now luckily they're, they're back in my life. So. Oh, and that's good that it wasn't like an aversion type. Of yes. thing. That could have yeah. like them forever for you. And oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Sad. So luckily it was just like a, a full type of thing. Exactly. Um, yeah. And I think it's really interesting how you mentioned that your your you know your iron um foods need to be paired with vitamin C foods. So mm-hmm. I think that's very um I, I don't think that's talked a lot about that ab- absorption and how that can um, play a impact in the foods that you eat. And you know, it's more just like eat this, eat that. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Not yes. much more about like, hey, you should really combine these mm-hmm. foods. And or- it's one of those things that I tell people to just be aware of. Don't freak out. You know, if you're eating a meal with an iron rich food and you're like, oh my God, I don't have any vitamin C rich food with it. You know, like sometimes I'll just sit there and eat a sweet potato because the sweet potato sounds good. I don't want anything else. Yeah. You don't need to freak out and think I'm getting no iron from this meal whatsoever. You know, there's no point in stressing about it because that doesn't help either. So again, it's just something to be aware of something that's optimal, you know, when you are at home, most nights of the week, try to pair, you know, two of those foods that you enjoy together. Exactly. I think, you know, whether you're, you're pregnant or not, when, um, something seems too stressful and too hard, you just don't do it. So exactly. it's like, exactly. it's like, no, 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 just still do it. Don't freak out. 
<laughs> right, right. Do the best you can with what you got. And you're probably doing better than most people already if you're aware of it. So Exactly. If you're already thinking about it, yeah, exactly. But uh, don't do so much that you run the other way. Right. <laughs> okay. So another misconception, and I really just grimace when I say this, um, during your pregnancy, you won't be able to gain enough weight for the baby to grow properly. And I think, you know, sometimes that's a concern of doctors, our focus of doctors, our just general public, whether you follow a normal diet or not. Um, my second pregnancy, I was chasing around a toddler. I was nauseous all day. I did have that nauseous thing all day, thankfully mm -hmm. not with my son. So I don't know if that's a boy girl thing there. I don't know. But um, I didn't get, gain much weight um, just because I just was like all the time. Um, and I got thrown in my face a lot, like, or, you know, not so much by maybe doctors, but people would just say that, oh, you just, you don't look like you gained that much weight. And it's just like, after a while, it got annoying. So how do you respond to that, um, about being vegan? Um, will you gain enough weight? Um, that whole argument and, uh, just, you know, it's just such a misconception out there about even actually how much weight you do need to gain. Yeah, it's totally. And can we, first of all, just as a society come to the agreement that we need to stop commenting on people's bodies in general. But for some reason, when you get pregnant, it's like fair game to make comments that you would never make if somebody wasn't pregnant. And, you know, it's usually like they're not mean spirited comments. I haven't gotten any mean comments or anything, but it's kind of just like, it's not really your business how much weight I gain or lose. You know what I mean? Like that's my business and my doctor's business. You know, I don't know. It's just so baffling to me. Like, you know, it just like when you go vegan, people suddenly become nutritionists. It's just yes. wild to me. But to answer the actual question, so weight gain in general is about calories. And so it's very easy. I'm sure a lot of people would tell you it's very easy to gain weight on a vegan diet, especially if you're eating a junk food vegan diet, right? There's vegan Ben and Jerry's. We have access to anything that we could possibly want, which is amazing. And I'm so happy that those, I call them transition foods exist, especially for people who are coming off of the standard American diet. They can really lean on those foods and then get healthier as time goes on. But Again, weight gain is about calories. So it's more so being aware of how calorie dense foods are. So in the first trimester, you don't really need to gain weight yet. You know, there's that misconception of eating for two. Yeah. Really, that's not how it is at all. You're eating for yourself and a super tiny human. So exactly right. There's so do not advocate for counting calories ever. But I do think that the concept of calorie density is really like kind of mind blowing to people. It's kind of like a light bulb moment and it can be really helpful to help you be aware of what you're consuming. So calorie density in general is basically just being aware of how many calories are in a pound of food. So for example, whole grains like um, oats, quinoa, even though it's not technically a grain, but brown rice, stuff like that is going to be more calorie dense than non-starchy vegetables like broccoli. So there's like a spectrum of calorie density. You can just Google it and there'll be charts um, like listing foods and how calorie dense they are. And so again, this is not to obsess over calories or to only eat low calorie dense foods. That's not the goal at all because there are foods that are very calorie dense like nuts and seeds, avocados that are very nutrient dense too. So it's important to have that balance. But again, it's important to just be aware of calorie density so that you can adjust what you're eating according to your goals. So like if I have a nutrition coaching client that wants to lose weight, we focus more on the less calorie dense foods while still making sure they're meeting all their nutrient needs. But if you're pregnant or knowing that you're wanting to gain weight, even if you're not pregnant, maybe that's still a goal for you. You can be aware of more calorie dense foods like nuts, seeds, nut butters, avocado, dried fruits, starches, you know, and kind of increasing your portions of those foods to make it a little bit easier and to know that you're actually making choices that fit your goals. So waking there's so much misconception about this too. It's not about foods you're eating, right? You always hear people say like, oh, I've been eating so many carbs lately and I'm gaining weight. And it's like, well, a sweet potato is a carb and a donut is also a carb. And those things are not the same, right? So if I'm eating sweet potatoes all day, as long as I'm eating around the amount of calories that I'm burning, I'm not going to gain weight. Same thing with donuts though. It's just that donuts are much easier to overeat which is going to lead you to weight gain, right? Because it's not going to provide you any nutrition. It's not going to fill you up. So some people lose weight eating nothing but junk. But again, it's about how much 
you're eating, and it's definitely possible to gain healthy weight on the healthiest foods, right, which is the optimal way to do it. It's not ideal for women to get pregnant and eat McDonald's all day every day. They might gain enough weight to technically have gained the amount that they should for pregnancy, but it's much more ideal to still be eating, you know, satiating, nutrient-dense, whole plant-based foods. That way you know that you're getting optimal nutrition and so is your baby. So yeah, weight gain is definitely not an issue. I mean, I started out my pregnancy probably like slightly underweight for my height just because I was working out a lot and everything. And I've had no problem, you know, gaining a healthy amount. I'm about 24 weeks pregnant now. Um, and I'm literally at like the halfway point. I think the recommendation is around like 25 to 35 pounds if you start out around a healthy weight. Um, and yeah, it hasn't been difficult at all. And like you were saying earlier, so much of this is just listening to your body. Our bodies are so much smarter than people give them credit for. We think that we have to calculate all our food and come up with these macronutrient splits. It's like, no, if we just eat when we're hungry and stop when we're full and we're eating nutrient dense foods, we're going to be fine. So like for me, my appetite the past few weeks especially has just been insane. And on I have like a little app to track my pregnancy and the baby is literally doubling in weight right now. So it's like that makes sense. You know, my body is telling me like you better get some more food in here. And again, I'm not going to the store and getting pints of vegan ice cream. That's not to say that you can't ever have vegan ice cream. It's just to say that's not something that I would eat every single day because I wouldn't feel my best. And that's not optimal for me or baby. But I am just increasing my portion sizes. I'm eating more frequently throughout the day, just with the same healthy foods that I always eat. So Exactly. I think there's the focus. Just, hey, keep eating that healthy diet if, if that's what you were eating before. Or, you know, now's the chance to reevaluate your diet when you're pregnant because, you know, maybe you're not eating for two, but you are growing a human being. And so let's think about feeding them with with good things. Exactly. Well. What better motivation to start eating healthy than to be bringing a sweet little one into the world that you want to be providing optimal food to as well? Well, right. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, we all know junk food doesn't make us feel the best at the end of the day. I mean, it can lead to, you know, other things as well. Um, and so, you know, just shop the perimeter of your store, you know, make sure you plan in advance, you know, grab an apple, you know, I mean, these are just like principles, whether you're, you know, pregnant or not, that, you know, just makes sense. I'm forever telling my kids, yes, you could eat these chips as a snack. That's great. You're going to feel hungry again. So, you know, why don't you have some car- carrots and exactly. cucumbers too to, to fill yourself up a little bit more? Totally. <laughs> yeah. So what's, what is the app that you use? Um, I'm just using the what to expect app, like from the book, what to expect when you're expecting. It's really cute. It's really fun. So it tracks like the size of your baby every week. And it tells you like kind of what's happening as far as their growth and development and everything. There's lots of like, really actually helpful articles on, you know, symptoms you might be dealing with and things like that. So it's been actually really helpful. So yeah. Okay. So if you're listening and want to get that, that was the what you're expecting app. So how yeah, fun. Yeah, I think it's just called what to expect, I think, is what the app what saying. To, what to expect app. Yeah, perfect. And, you know, I think, um, too, I wanted to quick mention you had brought up about kind of that recommended weight gain. And to me, like, that is so funny because I can, like, remember – my grandmothers who are both pretty petite, they're passed away now, but they were alive when I was pregnant and them saying like, you know, like we barely gained any weight when we were pregnant and they, no one really cared. Right. <laughs> and it's like, obviously they had healthy children <laughs> who produced grandchildren. Right. And um, again, this is not to say, you know, you should try to be maintaining like some slim physique when you're pregnant. Of course, no one is saying that. But I think now the issue is becoming the opposite. You know, many women, and this is on the app all the time. It's like how to not gain too much weight. And, you know, some of that could be annoying diet culture stuff seeping in. But I think a lot of it is also just because so many people in the United States and really abroad now probably too eat so unhealthily that 
when they get pregnant, it's kind of like they loosen up the reins or they're just so hungry. Like I said, your body is smart. It knows when you need more food and they kind of just go crazy with these unhealthy foods and they gain weight so, so quickly and so much that they're so uncomfortable by the end. It can lead to actual problems and like dangers with your pregnancy. So it's like, yeah, you know, should we be worried about someone who's not gaining quote unquote enough weight, but they seem healthy and they're thriving and they feel great? Or should we be worried about women that are gaining weight too much and feeling uncomfortable and they have high blood pressure during pregnancy, you know, all these like actual danger, you know, it's just interesting what people focus on. Exactly. So true. So another misconception is throughout your pregnancy, you'll be deficient in vitamin B12 and folic acid, which can risk having a baby with neural tube defects. So the old B12 scare tactic, which I think is thrown at plant-based eating a lot of the time. And honestly, I can't say that I, you know, it's been a few years since I've been (laughs) pregnant, but you know, I can't remember ever talking with my doctor about folic acid being an issue. So is it still an issue or? Yeah, I think the folic acid thing was so like when it was discovered years ago that that could be an issue. I think that it was just people were made so aware of it that now it's just, I Honestly, I mean, don't quote me on this, but I'm, I would bet money that there's no prenatal vitamin that exists that doesn't have the folic acid or folate that you need in it. Um, right. Just because like I said, I feel like that's so well known now. And obviously, again, do your own research, talk to your doctor, but most prenatals have it. And then you have plant-based foods like dark leafy greens that have a ton of folate anyway, and we should be eating those foods regularly regardless. But B12, yes, is definitely an essential to supplement, um, really whether you're vegan or not. And I personally use the brand Complement because they have vitamins that really only have like kind of the bare bones. So like they have a spray that just has B12, vitamin D, and then the omega-3. DHA EPA that a lot of people are concerned about. So it has just those three things. And then they also have a pill vitamin that has those three, plus some others that can be tricky, like iodine, zinc, stuff like that. And I do work with them now, which is really cool. But I was taking their vitamin for over a year before they reached out to me. But I just really prefer those because their idea is like your vitamins should really just be a supplement to your already healthy diet. You don't need like mega doses of tons and tons of these vitamins that you're already getting from your food. Again, if you're eating really nutrient dense, simple whole foods. And so B12 definitely is one of those that you do need to supplement. But again, it's very simple. If you're taking a supplement, you're going to be fine. And like I said, most vegans, I feel like now, like you said, are very aware of this and they're already taking a supplement even before pregnancy. So I, I don't see this one as an issue anymore. Yeah. And I think I've heard it say that even if you aren't plant-based, that you should be taking a B12 anyways as yeah. well. Like that's helpful across the board. And um, how cool about Compliment. I um, love their their protein powder. Have it on my auto order. They're, they make some really um, good stuff. And I love, like you said, how pure it is. So we'll be definitely linking that in the show notes, linking you to, to Sarah's page about that if you are interested in, in that supplement. Yeah. And- Their protein powder is insane. Now that you said that, like it's so simple. I don't know if people are aware of this, but so many protein powders actually have heavy metals in them. Like they're not tested. It's really not well regulated, but complement like only has five ingredients. There's no added sweeteners, which was another one for me during pregnancy. Like my stomach just got kind of weird with like stevia, like even healthy sweeteners like that. Um, So the fact that theirs is like truly unflavored, it's literally just protein from foods and nothing else. I was like super, super impressed by it because I just started using that. Um, I have been using their vitamins for a while, but their protein powder is a little newer. So yeah, we'll definitely have to put um, in the description for if any of your listeners do want to try it, they make it so you could order a single or you can like get a subscription like you were saying. And I do have a discount code for that. So definitely want people to save a little money if they want to use it. So yeah, like, like, you said it's a very pure product. The creators of it, um, the Nomi athlete guys, um, just really wanted to focus on that pureness of it, and, and they they hit it off. They hit it. They got they're, it. Good. They're oh. awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. And I would imagine so. Um, vitamins in general can be kind of a murky subject as well. Like, what all ones do you take? You should be getting them all from your food. Sometimes you need to supplement them. Do you um? When you're pregnant and your doctor recommends a prenatal, those are all those are all vegan prenatals, I would imagine. Or do you 
you know, I know that they usually prescribe you one. Do, do you take the prescribed one or? I actually did not. Um, and she didn't even really mention it. Oh, really? Actually, she might have asked. I think she just said to verify, like, are you taking prenatal? Because now I know it's recommended. I started taking mine um, a month before we knew we were going to start trying to conceive. Um, so they say it's optimal, especially if you're not eating super healthy. They say it's optimal to start taking that prenatal beforehand so that your sores are kind of topped off from the get-go. Um, but yeah, I actually don't know if all vitamins are vegan. I know that sometimes they can have weird stuff in them, like fish, like source from fish for like omega-3s, for example, stuff like that. So you definitely want to be aware of and check like the sourcing and things like that. And of course, check with your doctor if you're still confused after doing your own research. But like I use the, uh, and I don't work with this company, but I use Ritual for my prenatal just Mm. because I've heard about it. Um, and again, that company as well, I think is kind of known for like very simple, like quality sourcing. And those ones are all vegan as far as I know. Um, obviously the prenatal I made sure was vegan. So that one has worked really well for me, but once I'm not pregnant anymore, I do plan on just switching back to compliment because I am the kind of person who I eat such simple, healthy foods. I know that I'm getting so many nutrients already from my food. So I'd rather kind of just get kind of the essentials, you know, the B12, vitamin D, omega-3 for my vitamin. Yeah. Yeah. And those, those ones are essential, you know, the B12, vitamin D, those are what I take too. Um, we both talked about how great it can be in Michigan. (laughs) And I think anyone that lives Midwest, East coast is familiar with that greenness and, you know, vitamin D is important. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. We don't get much sunlight, especially during the the winter. Sadly. I know. Very sad. I don't know how sometimes I ended up in a cold climate. <laughs> right. I would tell my husband, I'm like, next time we move, wherever we're going, I'm going somewhere warm. I'll just, I'll just tell you that right now. And luckily he's on board. So that's so funny. I am constantly saying that too. It's like, oh, we should have done it. Okay. We're, we're, uh, we should have done it before our kids like met friends. And now they're both like, yeah. oh, like and I'm like darn you we should have done this when you were toddlers <laughs> right <laughs> but anyway so another misconception here is about soy and I think this is something that gets talked about a lot there's some vegans and plant-based who are like yay soy and others are like no soy <laughs> and it's another misconception that soy during pregnancy will cause birth defects in male babies because of the phytoestrogens so true, false. Oh it's so it's just so mind blowing to me. Again, what people focus on. People worry about hormones and soy when they're consuming milk or animal products that have naturally occurring hormones. It's like you're drinking the breast milk of a cow and you're worried about a plant, which is soy. Like it's just so crazy to me, like the logic. But again, I think a lot of this is like kind of media fear mongering. People are just confused more than anything. But thankfully soy has been proven time and time again with evidence-based research that it's not only safe but it's actually a really health promoting food it's been shown to prevent cancer not to cause it people worry so much about soy again and those are usually the people that are eating tons of animal products which are also fed soy so ironic (laughs) i would say if you are worried about soy to the point that like you're going to be stressed then just don't eat it. Like I personally don't really eat a lot of soy just because I like other foods better. It's not because I think soy is bad or that soy is good. It's just, again, I think it's a really health promoting food. You don't, but you also don't need to be eating five servings of soy a day. Like that's not healthy either. <laughs> so yeah, it's a great source though. Like especially the unprocessed forms, which would be what I recommend. So like edamame, tofu, tempeh, those are amazing sources of things like calcium, iron, protein, but again, if you're eating it in, you know, normal quantities a few times a week, you have no worries whatsoever. There's no reason to be concerned. But again, if you are concerned, just eat other foods. <laughs> it's usually where I come down on this one. But yeah. And then as far as pregnancy, again, I same thing kind of applies. Like there's I haven't seen anything saying, you know, absolutely avoid soy. And the interesting thing to me is all the hard no foods in terms of like you should not eat this during pregnancy. Um, 99% of them are animal products or animal based, which is, you know, interesting, but not surprising to me. Yeah. Oh, that is so crazy. So what, yeah. What are some of those foods that they're saying not to, not to eat? Honestly, I like don't even read a ton of the list just because I know I'm already not eating them, but I'm pretty sure it's like sushi, meaning raw fish. 
Um, and then there's also like the deli meats, like sub sandwiches. A lot of people complain about not being able to eat those, which I don't understand, but okay. Um, and then I want to say a few other like animal, I think it's mostly stuff like in the way that you cook it sort of thing. The like raw fish, you know what I mean? Stuff like yeah. that. Unpasteurized animal products. So things yeah. like that. Oh, it's so funny that, yeah, here they are just focused on this soy thing. And like you pointed out, hello, that is what cows are eating. They're <laughs> <Right>. producing <laughs> themselves. Like yeah. estrogen is just naturally in cows. Like it's, you know, so. Yeah, it's just the, yeah. And sorry, I, I want to make sure I make this distinction too. The estrogens in soy are phytoestrogens, meaning plant estrogens. Those do not act in our body the same way that estrogen like that we produce as humans. Those they're not the same thing. They don't have the same process in the body. So that's where people say like, oh, you're going to get man boobs. That's not, <laughs> again, creating normal quantities of soy. That's literally never going to happen. I have a husband who's vegan and a husband for many years that eats a lot of soy and, you know, he don't have any man boobs. So. Yeah, pictures of your husband. He looks totally it's an anecdote, but yeah, he's he's doing just fine. Yeah, I think it just comes back to again, you know, if you're, you know, eat soy, not eat soy, whatever. Just listen to your body because I know honestly for myself, um, if I eat too much soy, my stomach gets a little upset. Um, you know, my husband's fine with it. He could eat it every day and be okay. You know, so just right. listen to your body. And I think even more so when you're pregnant is even more time. You you already are really listening to your body because you're listening for those, you know, kicks and flutters and all that stuff. And right. you're more aware during pregnancy of what's going on in your body. So, hey, now's the time to focus on what you're putting in your body. <laughs> exactly. I totally agree. Yeah, so fun. So we have debunked all of that, guys. It is totally safe to be plant-based, vegan, while pregnant, and um, no reason, you know, to be um, eating raw all our cooked food, animal products. Um, totally can be healthy and get all the nutrients you need. Um, and if you don't believe me, just go check out Sarah's Instagram. She's totally healthy. <laughs> Her belly is growing so cute. Um, the little bump that she has going on and it's totally, um, totally healthy. So speaking of pregnancy, let's, let's, you know, talk about this. You're headed into your third trimester. So give us all the scoop on how you're feeling, what, um, what you like right now, you know, how you're mentally preparing for everything, which, you know, maybe, you know, people should actually be focused, I think, more on, you know, not the whole plant-based and vegan during pregnancy, but just preparing yourself mentally. I feel like I don't get, I don't, I didn't hear much about that, at least when I was pregnant. So yeah, tell us all the scoop. Yeah, so such a good point. So first of all, it's so crazy how fast this time goes by. And that's like such a cliche thing. But honestly, it was like, I felt like the first trimester went so like it was just creeping by because I didn't tell anyone except my husband. Yeah. Uh, because I wasn't going to be going to the doctor until I was like 10 weeks. And you know, this is my first time being pregnant. I was very... I'm a very positive person. So I try to kind of just be neutral and not get like too excited, but not be negative. But it's hard, you know, at first with, you know, so many women, you know, and now with social media, it's like they're able to share and talk about it, which is great. But like so many people experience things like miscarriage and stuff like that. So the first trimester was hard, just having anxiety and not being able to talk to people about it or share or anything. And but now ever since I told people, it's literally has feel like I've the blink of an eye and I'm at 24 weeks, which is so crazy to me, but I'm really just trying to soak it in and kind of enjoy the whole process. Um, I'm lucky to have had like a really easy and smooth, healthy pregnancy so far. And I don't take that for granted. Cause like I said, I know it's definitely not the case for everyone. A lot of women absolutely hate being pregnant and I've had really no issues other than, you know, minor things like the digestion thing in the first trimester or, you know, stuff like that, just like little things, but again, nothing huge. And overall it's been a really pleasant experience as far as like things I'm liking, things I'm craving. I've found that I haven't had any like weird 
off the wall cravings. And I honestly think that is a lot to do with my diet and just that I am meeting all my nutrient needs. Like my body isn't like dying for some weird thing because I'm missing some nutrient or something. But I have found that, you know, I'm just hungrier. So I'm kind of wanting more of like my favorite foods, especially. So things like grapes have been like a go-to this whole time. They're just like so good and hydrating. Uh, Sweet potatoes, like I said, once I got out of that first trimester weirdness. Um, I love chocolate. So like I like to use cacao powder and I'll like make homemade brownies and stuff like that. So just healthy versions of sweets like that I make for my blog and stuff have been a nice fun way to get in those extra calories, but still in a healthy way. Um, And as far as mentally preparing, that's such a good point. And I feel like that's really what I focus on, honestly, because like I said, I, you know, this living a healthy lifestyle is like such a big part of like my life and my business. So that was kind of already on lock, I guess, beforehand, which is good. And like, I really have been focusing on like the mental side more than anything, or just almost like what it's going to be like. And I would argue that like, you're never really going to know until it happens, but you can still prepare, you know, as much as you can in the moment. So like, I've been taking some classes on uh, like labor and delivery and my husband and I are going to take a course on um, newborn sleeping and, you know, things like that, where it's like, this is going to give us so much help right at the beginning. Cause like, there's no manual for parenting and it's just like, how do you even know what to do? So luckily now there are so many resources out there and like, you know, classes to take and books to read, um, that are just really, really great way to, if nothing else, just give you a little bit of exposure to what you might experience so that you're not feeling totally thrown off when it happens. Cause I mean, those first few months I feel like are just going to be pure, hopefully mostly fun and loving chaos, but they're going to be chaos nonetheless. So it's good to, I feel like just kind of expose ourselves, like I said, to as much as we can in terms of like baby sleep and breastfeeding and all those kind of things. So like I said, my pregnancy has been great so far. So it's kind of freed me up to focus on what's going to happen once I'm not pregnant anymore, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You brought up some really good points. And I think um, the first point was you were already eating such a healthy diet and had already kind of refined your palate to, you know, being exposed to healthier foods, which I think is a huge difference. If you're always used to eating sugary and, you know, kind of all this processed food and then to suddenly switch to, you know, that is a taste difference. But the more you eat healthy foods, the more your body craves them. And then you have something sweet and it tastes just ultimately sweet. Like it's just crazy. Um, how that happens. And so I think that is a good truth, um, you know, whether you're pregnant or not. um, And don't beat yourself up if you do have a craving when you're pregnant. You know, it's not going to be the end of the world. Of course, I always tell people what you do eat is for sure what you crave. But it's also your, I always say your quote unquote, most of the time that matters, right? So if most of the time you're eating really healthy whole plant foods, and you're pregnant, and you randomly really are just dying for some vegan ice cream, but you have that once in a blue moon, you're fine. You know, like, there's no point in stressing. Again, stressing only makes it worse. So it's like either go with the less nutrient dense option and just enjoy it and know that tomorrow you'll be back to your regular healthy stuff, or make like a healthy version of it, you know, like a healthy homemade version of it. So yeah, for sure. And um, oh, the second thing that you brought up, and why did I suddenly, I totally <laughs> just skipped my mind. I should have jotted it down. But just, you know, that mentally preparing. Oh, um, I think the best piece of advice, and I'm not one to be like, you know, giving that type of advice because I always feel like, hey, just figure out what works for you because there's so many people are going to say, this worked for me. And then you're going to think, oh, I need to do that. You know, either while it's like, preparing for the baby or those first few months, but ideally you got to find out what works for you and your husband. (laughs) And, um, you know, I will say my best friends, you know, we did totally different things, you know, they were, you know, doing one thing and I was like, yeah, I'm not really on board with that, you know, thing. So I'm going to do it this way. Um, so you just got to find what works for you as well as, um, I think someone once told me, you know, you can have this whole birth plan, Sarah, you can have everything, but, you got to be willing at the last minute to shift. (laughs) You know, if something happens, if something, you know, is going wrong or something's not feeling right, it's okay to shift. It's okay to shift and not do that one thing that you thought was going to (laughs) happen. Yes, that's that's life. (laughs) Right, exactly. 
So anyways, oh, it's so fun. I can't, I can't wait to hear the news in January about the new little boy and oh, so fun. Brings back so many good memories and you know, I hope everything that we talked about here um, about being vegan and pregnant gives, you know, other people that are plant-based or even, you know, looking to go plant-based, like, hey, I want to eat healthier and eat more plants while I'm pregnant, that this assures them that, hey, it's doable. People are doing it. People, you know, are surviving and thriving, rather. Definitely. <laughs> Very thriving. more. Yeah. So let's transition real quick and talk about you as a blog owner, as a food blog owner that focuses on whole foods that are plant-based and why you started it and how it can lead to positive changes in regards to living more healthier and happier in your best life. Because I know your blog focuses on, you know, ending negative cycles with food. Um, It focuses on really wholesome ingredients and also focuses on, you know, Sweet Vegan Sarah is the name of it. So it also focuses on, hey, you can have some treats and here's a healthier way to have them. And I will say everyone that's listening, her treats look amazing. (laughs) So yeah, so um, yeah, fill us in a little bit about your business. Well, yeah, thank you so much for the kind words. Um, Yeah, so basically, I started my blog a few years back when it was about a year after I started eating plant-based, and it was mostly because I wanted to keep track of stuff that I was making for me and my, well, he was my boyfriend at the time, but my now husband. Um, And it's because I've always just had such a sweet tooth. Like, going vegan, it was not hard for me at all to give up, like, meat or anything like that because I just always had a sweet tooth. So, if anything, the harder thing for me was dairy. Um, But... Once I was fully plant-based and everything, I loved the way that I was eating. I loved eating really healthy, whole foods. I never really relied on a lot of the more processed kind of vegan junk foods, which it's totally okay if you do when you're transitioning. But again, it's your most of the time. So that was something I knew I would never want to be eating daily, but I have such a sweet tooth. So like, I like having something sweet daily. And I knew that in order to do that in a way that was sustainable and, you know, ideal in terms of like health and enjoyment, I could just make them myself. So I started experimenting. And when I would make something good, I was like, oh, I want to remember this so that I can make it for us again. And so it really started out almost as just like a recipe, like journal just for my own sake. And it kind of, I was like, wow, this is like really fun. And I just started enjoying it, wanting to kind of like veganize and like healthify other recipes from like my childhood, or even just like simple stuff, like a brownie or a chocolate chip cookie in a super healthy vegan way. So that was why I started. And like I said, I kind of just fell in love with the process and even just like making the blog posts from start to finish. Like I just love it so much. And I love that I can help other people to still kind of get that sweet fix, but feel really good about what they're putting into their body. And I just, I think sadly, so many women will be able to relate to me when I say that I had a time in my life, like before I went vegan, where I was so obsessed with counting calories. And I was just so confused and like so restrictive around food. It was so not healthy. And so coming from there to a place where I can have sweets every day and still feel good about it. And I can eat healthy whole foods and not worry about my portion sizes. I literally eat as much as I want to full satisfaction. And I easily maintain my weight and like my blood levels are always good. You know what I mean? So it's like, to come from there to where I am now has just been like so rewarding for myself and to know that I can help other people transition off of those less than healthy foods, you know, save lots of animals in the process, ideally, if they're going vegan and plant-based, which is so, you know, near and dear to my heart too, is just really, really cool. So my stuff, my recipes, I would say are different from a lot of other food blogs and vegan blogs in that I really am just simple and bare bones. So when I say a recipe is healthy, it's not going to have you know, like white sugar in it, or, you know, lots of like processed foods, like we're sweetening things with fruit. I'm using oats instead of flour, like it really is just like simple whole foods. And so I always tell people like, this may not, you know, I do have some recipes that I would take to a non vegan gathering, like especially around the holidays coming up, you know, like things like pies, or you know, whatever stuff like that. But I also the majority of it is just like day to day things that you might just throw together for yourself. So like I just made pumpkin spice muffins yesterday. That may not be one what you want to give someone who's never eaten quote unquote vegan food before because they are super healthy. They're not overly sweet, but they're made with super healthy ingredients. And if you're already eating a healthy or mostly healthy diet, you're going to love it. So, 
yeah, it's just been such a fun process. And I, I'm really proud of like how far I've come with it because I really just did start. I knew nothing about blogging or taking photos or anything like that. And obviously I'm not like trained in cooking or anything. My recipes are so simple and easy, which hopefully makes them more accessible to people. So yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun so far. Yeah. Yeah. I think that um, the majority of people don't understand all the the back stuff of blogging. They just see, oh, it's just a fun recipe thing. But oh, um, so much that goes into it. Right. So much that goes into it. So um, say someone were like eating just normal sweets, but then they're like, no, I want to eat healthier sweets. Would that, would it be a shock to their system? Like, would they need to kind of gradually ease into like liking the taste of something you know, healthier is it going to be pretty, pretty similar. I mean, is that a mindset thing too, as well? Yeah, that's such a good question. And I think it's so different from person to person. So some people, they're just so motivated to eat healthier that they're like, I can deal with this and I'll come around to it kind of thing. Whereas like, I always think of my mom, she has such a sweet tooth too. And she really needs her food to be like sweet, like her, you know, so if I make her something, I just make sure I put vegan chocolate chips, like there's stevia sweet and chocolate chips now, which is so cool. So I just make sure to include something like that, where it's going to kind of like bump up that indulgence, but still in a healthy way, if that makes sense. So yeah, it's just going to vary from person to person. I always tell people you're not going to go overnight from eating you know, straight up like donuts at a non-vegan donut shop to eating something that's sweetened with dates and think that those are the same, if that makes sense. So that's just something important to be aware of and know that just give your taste buds time, right? So that's also where it's going to come in you know, the sooner that you can cut out the super hyper processed sugary stuff, the better, because then your taste buds can actually change. So like if you had told me 10 years ago, that I would be eating the sweets that I make and just loving it and feeling fine when I was back then smashing Oreos, like I would have laughed. But now it's like I can eat fruit and even just fruit is so sweet and good to me. So it really can happen. I think people are skeptical of that. But it really only takes a few weeks. Again, if you're kind of going all in and just cutting out the processed stuff, you're taste buds really do change pretty quickly. Oh, they do. I talk about that all the time, how um, your taste buds do change faster than you think they will. (laughs) And it's one of those things where you kind of just have to experience it to believe it, right? So people are so skeptical, but then it's like once they do it, they're like, oh yeah, it wasn't that bad. Right, right. So so give us an example. So what would be kind of something like um, maybe like a vegan cheesecake? Like how how would that how would you make a healthier version? Yes. And I'm so glad you used that example because that's actually my favorite thing that I make of all time. So perfect. Um, so cheesecake, for example, you think of like a non-vegan traditional cheesecake always has a crust, right? Usually with like graham crackers or something and like butter, I believe. Um, so I make my crust with just two ingredients. I use raw almonds and medjool dates. Um, If you're not familiar, I didn't know what dates were before I went vegan, honestly. They're just so, they're almost like a massive raisin or like a giant prune kind of. They're like a similar dried fruit. And they're so sweet though. They seriously taste like caramel. Like they're almost too sweet that you can't eat too many at one time. They're so good though. And so they're nice and sticky. So I blend the raw almonds with the dates and it kind of forms like this nice, like sticky, really sweet, almost like cookie crust. Oh yeah. Um, And it's a totally no-bake recipe. So I just press that into the bottom and I freeze those while I make the filling. For the filling, I always use cashews, which if you soak those in water for a few hours or overnight, they blend up to be so rich and creamy. It's like actually crazy. Um, And then to that, I'll add a little bit of vinegar for that kind of classic like cheesecake, Mm -hmm. like tang, and then some more dates for sweetness and then whatever flavor I'm doing. So if I'm doing chocolate cheesecake, I would add some cacao powder. Or if I'm doing pumpkin spice, which I'll be doing next week for the vlog, I would add some pumpkin spice in there. Um... And then obviously like any fun toppings, like if it's a fruit one, you you know, you can do like a chia jam or something like that. But yeah, cheesecake is a perfect example too of something that I would give to someone who's not vegan because mm. there are those kind of like higher fat, richer foods in there that are still really nutrient dense, but you're not going to be eating 10 cheesecakes. Like one is going to satisfy. It's so rich and creamy and decadent. But again, it's totally no baking necessary and made with like less than eight ingredients. It's so simple. And those seriously hit the spot for me. Those are like my all time favorite. Um, so I'm a little biased, but yeah, they're just so good. I think that it's really fun to get in the kitchen to an experiment. Like I, again, I would have never known that you could make those swaps and it, 
easily hits the spot. I think people too focus too much on like, this must be exactly like a non-vegan cheesecake. Whereas my thing is like, it might be a little different, but does it still kind of scratch that itch for me? Does it still hit that sweet craving that I'm having? And most of the time it does. It doesn't have to be like an exact replica of what you're thinking. So I think that mental shift too is important. Yeah, as well as, you know, people sometimes think like, oh, the ingredients are going to be so weird. Okay, you just said dates, almonds, cashews. This is stuff you can find at the supermarket. I don't know. I live in a rural area. My supermarket, um, you know, I love Meyer, but it is a little different from location to location. Um, and my rural area doesn't have the Meyer, doesn't have all fancy stuff. But this, I can find all of that at my <laughs> Right, exactly. And that's what I always try to focus on. It's just like simple, recognizable stuff that you're going to be able to find easily. Because that's what I want to be eating too. Like even when I'm eating dessert, I don't want to be eating something with like a bunch of ingredients that I can't recognize. So it's fun to make it home and it tastes just as good to me. And obviously you're getting, you know, the much healthier option too. Yeah, with upcoming holidays, that pumpkin spice cheesecake sounds so fabulous. <laughs> So this is the Bowl of Life podcast. So let's talk about some things to eat in bowls. And this will be my last question. So what is your favorite food to eat in a bowl? Oh, I do just love a good bowl. First of all, when I first went vegan, I was like, literally, I was telling my husband, I was like, I think every meal we eat now is in a bowl. Like there's just so many like endless combination, you know, whether it's sweet, whether it's savory, you can just toss things in a bowl and it's usually going to be good as long as you flavor it well. So exactly. the sauce is better. You know, you can kind of get that sauce around the edges of the bowl. and into Yes, the- yes, exactly. So I would say if I have to narrow it down, my favorite thing that I eat in a bowl is probably honestly my smoothie bowl because I've just been loving that in the mornings lately. Mm. So I just keep it again, I keep it real simple. So I'll just do frozen fruits, so like some frozen banana, frozen blueberries, and then some of that complex protein powder we talked about earlier, some ground flaxseed, and then some greens, like if I have them on hand. If I don't, I just use the fruit and some water. Um, And it comes out super creamy. It's seriously like eating ice cream for breakfast, only Mm. healthy, and it is so satisfying every time. So I love a good smoothie bowl. But I also lately, especially during pregnancy, have just been loving like a big stir fry bowl, like for dinner. So I'll just throw in whatever fresh, fresh or frozen veggies I have. Like I'll just saute those in a bit of water or veggie stock. And then I almost always use frozen veggies because they're so nutrient dense and so right. easy. They're less expensive, more convenient. And then, of course, I got to have my sweet potato in there and then some kind of sauce or condiment. You know, like I love, I personally love mustard, hot sauce, kimchi, anything like that. Again, to just like add lots of flavor in there. Nutritional yeast, of course, gets dumped on almost every savory bowl that we have around here. So really good. But yeah, those are probably the two bowls that, that I like the most at the moment. Yeah. And again, easy, nutritious, don't have to make this hard, don't have to make it complicated. A stir fry, you can literally make out of anything, frozen vegetables, and and you keep it low cost too, you know, so it's very budget friendly. Smoothie bowls, like you said, you know, like I'm sure that we've all drooled over the fancy ones on Instagram. They don't have to be like that, you know. Exactly. I'm like I'm lucky if I throw on some free dried fruit for a little crunch. That's about as far as I go. So definitely not always Instagram worthy. But again, it's like simple stuff. Like people overcomplicated or think that you have to be meal prepping for hours for the week. It's like my dinner takes like 20, 25 minutes to throw together every night. It really doesn't have to be complicated. Yeah, for sure. I I totally agree. So, so fun. So tell us all the places we can find you at or, you know, where people can connect with you and all that good stuff. Yes, I'm so excited for any of the listeners to come connect with me. I am Sweeping and Sarah pretty much on all the things. So it's pretty simple. Um, Sweeping and Sarah on Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook. My blog is sweepingandsarah.com. And I also post videos on my YouTube channel, which again, just sweeping and Sarah, all my stuff is linked. Like if you find me on Instagram, you'll be able to find everything else. So yeah, sharing lots of fun lifestyle stuff over on YouTube too. Now, especially with the baby on the way, I've been able to kind of like expand on what I do over there, which is fun. Um, But yeah, especially Instagram posting there daily, posting a lot of obviously my blog recipes, but also what I eat on a daily basis and stuff like that. So excited to see some new faces over there, hopefully. Yeah, awesome. So we will link all that in the show notes. And that is Sarah without an H. Yes, thank you for specifying. Thank you. You know, funny story real quick before we end, I'll talk about this Sarah with an H and Sarah without an H. So in, in college, I had a Sarah without an H as a roommate. 
So then it, we introduced ourselves. Well, this is Sarah with an H. That's Sarah with <laughs> And so, so much, it just kind of carried over into adulthood until finally, one of my husband's neighbors after I had first met him was like, Sarah with an H, like, why do you call yourself that? <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, I guess I can stop doing that. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's really funny. Yeah, I should specify more. But I feel like lately, it's so nice. I mean, not recently with COVID or anything. But you know, the past couple of years, I feel like if I go to like a Starbucks or wherever, you know, somewhere like that, where they need your name, most people actually now do say with an H or without an H, which is kind of surprising, because growing up, it was misspelled all the time. So right. Yeah, it's just society wanting to be extra careful about it. <laughs> right. Extra sensitive and nice, which I'm fine with. Yes. Very cool. Well, yes. So we'll link all this in the show notes. We will link compliment in the show notes, link Sarah's blog, connect with her on Instagram. And Sarah, thank you so much. This has been so fun to have you on the show today. So thank you so much for coming on. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. That was such a fun episode with Sarah from Sweet Vegan Sarah. Just a reminder that you can find all the show notes and all of Sarah's information. So you can go follow her over on our sponsored blog, badtothebull.com forward slash three. And I really do hope you check out some of Sarah's sweet creations. I know for myself, I can't wait to make that um, pumpkin spice cheesecake she mentioned. That sounded so good. So head over to the blog, check those show notes out, and let us know what you think. And just a reminder that you can drop us a line anytime at sarah at badtothebull.com. I would love to know where you are at in your family journey, your food journey, or your faith journey. Again, that's sarah at badtothebull.com or slide into my DMs. You can find me everywhere at badtothebull. Thanks, guys. Until next time.